Welcome to episode 27 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan and David Van Boglen. We are back for a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah, yeah, I had some issues. Yeah, a little, little sinus issue for me one week, and then mm-hmm. you just... <laughs> I was me being me. <laughs> You're just in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tore up my shoulder a little bit. Not a big deal, but... Um, well, you're just still in the, at the post-recovery stage of a surgery, so yeah. it's kind of a big deal. And, you know, a lot of med, they were feeding me a lot of meds, and I was kind of groggy, and it was just, uh, I couldn't do it the one week, and, and you were blue up the next mm. week, so it was like... I couldn't talk. Yeah. You know, it would have came across horrible. Yeah, with our, with our setup, you know, we're not in a $10,000 studio. No. So with our setup, we didn't really have the mixing power to cut out a science infection. Oh, God. It'll it was, make it sound better. My so. voice was awful. So, <laughs> well, let's get into it, shall we? Yes. Uh, UFC 199 took place last Saturday night, and uh, we've got a new middleweight champion. Yes, we do. On his 26th fight in the octagon. Over 10 years. Over 10 years, Never man. got a shot before. Nope. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride until last Saturday night. The Count Michael Bisbing knocked wow. out Luke Rockhold. In the very first round. God. Knocked him out cold. Yes, he did. Cold. Yes. It was an amazing... It was... You know, it was... It was a very fast-paced fight. You know, they were both going at it pretty well. And they both... Everything that they landed... Uh, was significant, but Bisbing just looked like he, it, it, it was his night, it but was. it looked like it was his night, you know, it, everything that he had going for him was according to every game plan he was setting forth, you know, he didn't have, and I didn't see any mistakes no. by him, he, he came in there, he did exactly what he knew he had to do to win, he knocked him out, and it was, it was, it was quick, but it was exciting. He, Luke, I think, I definitely think Luke overestimated because he had beaten Big Bisbing before, and I couldn't happen to a better person because I can't stand him. I'm not, Rockhold, a, yeah, I'm not a big especially team. after watching that post-fight press conference. Yeah, when Bisbing just wanted, you know, what like, a you know crybaby douche. Man. I want, you know, let me have my time, dude. You can't, you know, you can't give me five minutes. Basically, Saturday night confirmed everything that I had heard Chris Weidman and have heard about Luke Rockhold from other people. Yeah, you know, reading other stories about him. He's a giant douche. He's just an asshole. Yeah, crybaby, really pussy douche. And I'm glad he got knocked out. I am too. Congrats, Michael Bisbee. Very good. Couldn't happen to a better person. I'm glad he got the chance. I, I like Mike. You know, he's had. He's had a lot of. He's had some title eliminator fights, but he's been beaten by guys on steroids. That's what I was going to say. Is there was a, um, I, I forget who it was, but they posted a comment uh, on social media or, or uh, wherever else they've seen it that said, if you look back at the ten years that Bisping's been there and the losses he's had, if Usada was instituted back then, yeah, where would Bisping be? It's interesting. Uh, you know, today, yeah. with the losses that he had, how long would it have taken him then? Maybe only four or five years, as opposed to ten, right? Because of the guys that he lost. Well, to. And the, you know, that I mean, even just that loss to Vitor cost him almost two years, yeah. I think, of his career. So, you know, I mean, the, that the detached retina and all the vision problems he had, all from TRT tours. So, exactly, exactly. And if he, if Things were, and you can look back and always say maybe maybe it wouldn't have made a difference, but you know maybe it would have. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, he fought some guys that were legit juiced up. Um, 
Yeah. But he showed that he took this up. How many days notice did he take? 11 this? or 12, say, something like that. It was under two Less weeks. than two weeks, yeah. Yeah. So you got a guy going into who has been announcing. Yeah, you know, he's that's all he's been doing. He hasn't yes, had a fight I'm since sure he fought Anderson. I'm sure these guys are athletes and they stay in shape, but being in shape and being in a camp are two different things. Well, and he wasn't even the first choice for the title shot. And I, I mean, I'll even admit it. I was at first like, why is Michael Bisbee getting this shot? But you know, Jacare's hurt. Where else are you gonna go? He's number. He was number four, I think, at the time. Yeah. Well, when you remember when you posted it, uh, you beat me to that one. You, you posted it on our page, and I don't know why, but um, I, and I posted it back. So my gut's telling me they're gonna give this one to Bisbee. Yeah. And um, you know, not that he was the most deserving of it. Looking at ranking wise, well, I mean, if you factor in, I mean, he's on an eight, he was on an eight fight win streak, and he really, coming off a victory over Anderson Silva. The only thing I say to that fact is, is ranking wise, right? Well, he was at four. Then there were some guys that could have jumped in, true, but chose not to or whatever else. He took this championship fight. Probably because he thought that it might be his only chance to get one. Well, yeah, I mean, well, if, if you would have had a healthy Jacare, he would have. We would be talking about a completely different new champion. Because yeah. yeah. I absolutely think Jacare would have dismantled Luke Rockhold. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Jacare is probably the guy to beat there. The way Jacare looked against Vitor, and Luke, if I'm not mistaken, Luke has a win over Jacare in Strike Force. Oh, does he go back that far? I think he beat Jacare for the title. In that was a much younger Jacare. Much, you know, much younger, yeah. Not as seasoned as he is today. No, hasn't beaten the killers that he's beaten today. So, this being his first title defense, who do you think it's going to be against? Weidman? Weidman? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I don't... I mean, given that all things uh, health-wise... Yeah, well, they say any injury. I, I was somebody was just reading to me that Weidman is, yeah, health wise, but I think he he's gonna be back to training, or he can spar start sparring in like six to eight weeks. Okay, it's something I yeah, um, that makes sense for the timeline. Yeah, so really, you could do, um, you could hold him out because I think I know they want Weidman for Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you gotta have New York there. You gotta have Mr. New York. You gotta have Bones yeah. Wideman. Bones you know. Wideman could be where we see the featherweight title unified. I I mean, he may get it, but I don't see why he should. Uh, Rockhold is a one and done champion. There's no reason to give him an immediate rematch. He's, there's no no reason at all. Um, he and, doesn't and again, deserve this a is rematch. Just barring any injuries, if there's nobody else, you know, and if injuries happen and there's no one else to have it. It's either why it's either Weidman or, or Jacare. I I would lean. I'd like to see Jacare get that shot. I don't know how much longer Yoel Romero's suspension is for either. It's. Either, I think he only I think, got a six month suspension, didn't he? Yeah, and it went back to like February. So that's retroactive back to February. I think it was February or March, something somewhere in there. Yeah. So he's not got much longer before. No, I think it was March because wasn't it? Uh, wasn't the same card as Connor and, and Diaz? I don't remember. I believe it was. I could be wrong, though. Um, it's, it's back yeah, in the he's, So, yeah, he's only got a few more months. I mean, he was knocking on a title shot after he beat uh, after he beat Jacare, even though I don't think he beat Jacare. 
But we still got it. I, I, it's either Weidman or Jocker in my book. Yeah. Uh, the two most deserving. It'd be, I mean, if they could get Bisping and, and Weidman for that New York card. I think Bisping, Bisping and Weidman for that New York card would sell huge because England's just a hop, skip, skip, and a jump from New York. So Yeah, I think that would be an ideal situation for both of them. Yeah, I, I think it would probably, if I'm Dana, that's what I'm selling because, I mean, Jacare is not going to be a mouthpiece to sell a fight in New York. No. Bisping will. Absolutely. Bisbing will, Definitely. and I mean, he can do that. Weidman himself just sells New York. Yeah, he doesn't have to say a thing. He doesn't have to touch a microphone. No, you know, you put his name on the marquee, they're gonna go. Oh yeah, they're gonna buy it for sure. Um, so good on Bisping. It was not. There wasn't a lot to talk about in the fight because it was quite short. There was only a handful of strikes thrown between the two, and with a minute twenty-three left, Bisping knocks him out. Uh, it was an it was an exciting knockout. It was a cap. It was a good capper for the night. I mean, there was a lot of knockouts. A lot of knockouts. A lot of good fights all together. Yeah, Um, the co-main event, not so much. Not well, not so much for half of it. One half didn't have such good. I mean, Cruz put on a pretty good performance. He's to me, he's getting to be. uh, You know, I got flash, reverse flash. Yeah, GSP and he's going to be reverse GSP to me. Not lay and pray, but run. Yeah. He's, I mean, he doesn't want to get hit, but that doesn't. it's strategic. It's he smart. did a lot of damage, though, man. I mean, he, he clipped Favor in the second and put him down. Yeah, he didn't finish him, you're right. But he knocked him down again later. He absolutely dominated him. Yeah. Is what he did, but, I mean, if you look at the output that they have, he threw almost 300 strikes and only hit, you know, 99. So, I mean, yeah. Well, he throws a lot of those flick exactly. jabs to figure out where you're at. Yeah. But I definitely feel like he was... I wasn't upset with his performance. I didn't... And I and I don't like Dominic Cruz at all. I can't stand the guy. I think he's a smug asshole. Yes, he is. But uh, as far as how he fought that night, I, I didn't have a huge issue with it. And I thought he just absolutely picked your eye favor apart. He it, was, it, was like sh- it was like watching a slow chess match yeah. develop. God awful. Yeah. Favor's performance was terrible. He had nothing. No. Favor had no uh, response to the game plan that Cruz put and out And I do there. not want to watch him fight TJ. Because you can't do that to Cruz. TJ hits harder than Dominic Cruz does. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, I don't TJ think he has the speed or the head movement, but I do think though, in Dominic's defense, I think if that the shot he clipped him with in the second, if it would have landed flush on the front of the hand mm-hmm. instead of the side of the hand, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he would have knocked him out. But it didn't land flush to, to his chin with the front of the fist. It was just a side shot. Well, that's just that's just the way he you know like you said he yeah. he stays at a lot of range he, right. he didn't get in that sweet spot no you know to get the full on shot it was just a, he's he hits a lot of clipping shots yeah, it was powerful though that's for sure i mean it, it knocked Uriah right on his fucking ass it's Uriah yeah Dominic's good but Uriah didn't come to play no he you know, definitely didn't come to play at all i don't know what his game plan was going in but um, Try to land the overhand right and either take him down and get a guillotine because yeah. that's the only thing your eye favor knows how to do. No, you're not going to do that to Cruz. So he hasn't been able to really do it good. to anybody lately, though. Yeah. If you look at his last few, I mean, he went all three rounds with Alex Caceres. 
He was, the last guy he fought was a, only a top 15 guy. Yeah. I mean, Dominic's 100% right. He went three rounds with a top 15 guy and did not look very impressive in that performance. Uriah is just getting old. He's got too many miles on him, and too many people have caught up to his game plan. And he is. He's, he he hasn't evolved as a fighter at all. No, you look at what he what he's done over the last 10 years. It's been the same. It's, it's the same shit. Same fight every time. Or right. Look for a takedown. If somebody tries to take you down, you get it to him. And ground and pound, ground and pound if you can get it. And but. the score was fifty forty five almost across the board. Uh, Wade Vera gave favor one round. Mm. Otherwise, I, I didn't see. And as I say, I don't even know what one round. I, I, I didn't see one round that I would have given favor in yeah. that fight. Fourteen seconds of control and only landed forty nine total strikes. Where? <laughs> What round, yeah, Wade? Know. What round? It's a joke. I don't get it. I don't, but either way, Dominic dominated him. Yeah, he did. The whole time. I mean, it wasn't was an overly exciting fight to watch, especially no. later in the night when you know. It's a typical minutes. cruise fight. It was pretty boring. I'm glad the main event. That's was what I was saying. It's, back it's up. cruise to me is that. He doesn't lay on him, but he just runs from him. So yep. he's a boring fighter. I, I get what you're saying. You know? And generally, I agree. I definitely thought he put out a pretty good output of of things in this fight. But I'd mostly, like to see a, a higher percentage of connection. I agree. I agree yeah. with you there. Definitely agree with you there. Uh, this one, though, uh, Max Holloway and Ricardo Lamas was a... <laughs> wow, dude. I just get more and more impressed with Max Holloway every fight. His speed and accuracy, mm-hmm. it was always good, but it's now it's it's to a precision level. His combinations were incredible. Absolutely amazing. And you, Ricardo Lamas is no joke. I mean, he's tough, been, a, tough man. been a title contender. And yeah, Chad Mendes put him out, but then he came right back his next fight and knocked out... Uh, oh, who was that? We'll find out. Yeah, because he got... Oh, no, it was Mendez. He got beat by Frankie. That's what it was. Frankie knocked him the hell out in quick fashion. And then... No, I am? No, it was Chad. It was Chad? Yeah. And he came back and... Uh, beat Diego. Beat Diego Sanchez. Oh, and then Frankie beat Chad. That's what it was. But he had, you know, going into it, he had a couple wins. You know, yeah, I mean, he had, he had put, I mean, he had put together a four fight to get the title shot against Jose. Lost a decision to Jose. I mean, he Aldo beat the crap out of Lamas. It wasn't even a really competitive fight, but he lasted five rounds with him. And then, yeah, went on to put on a two-fight win streak before Chad clipped him. Well, look at the guys. I mean, look at the guys that Ricardo Lamas fights. You know, uh, you go back to Cub Swanson, uh, Eric Koch, Hockman Diaz, Dennis Bermudez, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo. Diego Sanchez, Max Holland. He's fighting. He's fought the, the best of the yeah. best in that division, man. Definitely fought the cream of the crop. You no, know, they're division. they're not giving him any gimme fights at all. No. You know, he's got he's constantly against the wall fighting. Yeah, I mean, he came in out of off a loss, and when he was in the WEC, then went on a tear for what three years, where he didn't lose a fight till he lost to the champion. But this this fight. In particular, Max looked amazing. Max looks awesome, man. Max needs to definitely stay loose and injury-free and ready in case he's going to have to step up into uh, into somebody's spot at UFC 200. 
or telling if it's gonna who it's gonna be. I mean, you know, money and house money. If I was putting it on, would definitely be him stepping up for Jose to Jose fight again. Yeah. yeah, there's no. I don't. I don't know. I mean, we touched on the rumors on the site. You know, the that whether Jose got hurt or not, and obviously it got confirmed that he's okay and been. But, but that he's injured mean, too much. He's already pulled out of how many fights in his career? So five or six at no. least. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind watching Frankie and Holloway go at it. I'm not gonna no, lie; no, that would no, be no. an ex- that'd be a great fight, a really exciting fight. Absolutely, I'd love to see those two go at it. What if, dude? What if Holloway steps up and he chokes out Frankie, and then we got a, we get a Connor Max Holloway rematch? This is a different Max Holloway than it was, a, you know, four years ago. Well, he's the only guy that went three with Connor. Connor blew out his knee. Yeah, still. I mean, still. Josie went, what, 13 seconds with him? Yeah. The surprise of the night, oh probably. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean... This blew me away. This this fight was just nonstop action from the beginning. And Dan Henderson, the way he pulled off this second-round knockout over Hector Lombard. I don't know Lombard, how he survived, man, to, to get I don't either. He got, I mean, he, he put down Lombard once. I, I they only they're only giving Lombard one knockdown. I, I two. two in the first. Yeah, unless they were counting. I mean, because maybe he didn't fully get back up and maybe you know, I don't know. But I definitely saw Dan. Get, round. I definitely saw him put Dan on his ass yeah. twice. I don't. I mean, when he put him on his ass, but I don't think he fully got back up and he got hit again and knocked right back down. I think that's how they're counting. It. Here's the thing I don't get. Right, so you're Hector Lombard's corner. You just put on a really good first round. Everything you did was great. Yeah. What did you tell Hector Lombard in the in between rounds where he just decided that standing in front of Dan Henderson and maybe trying to grab a leg was a really good idea? I have no clue what the hell they told him because they, what they should have said is keep it up. Hey, Hector, you know how you've got this really great head movement and you're landing a lot of strikes and you're, you're in and out fast and your footwork's great? Stop doing that. <laughs> just stand in front yeah. of this guy and try to punch with him and then just grab a hold of a leg. Oh, here's an elbow to the temple. Oh, man. Good night, sir. Yeah. See ya. Jesus, God. And he landed the elbow version of the H-bomb on the ground. Going into this fight, I put all my chips on. Oh, yeah. Oh, you my God. I, mean? I didn't have... Uh, and this is not disrespecting... The legacy that Dan Henderson, a Hall of Famer, has put on in his career because he deserves to be that when he's. But Hector Lombard's not the dude I want to be going out in, especially the Dan Henderson performances we've seen the last uh, couple fights. And a 46 year old Dan Henderson going against a very strong Hector Lombard. Yeah. Um, But Dan doesn't. He he pulls off the miracle. Well, this is just kind of like the Tim Bosch fight, you know. When his back's against the wall and he pulls out this big upset knockout. And then it's like, oh, maybe we want to see Dan fight again. <laughs> yeah. Dan, I don't want to see you fight again. Go out on the high note. Just just go out on the high note, man. And we should add in that this Hector Lombard fight was the last fight. And Dan Henderson's on his contract. Current contract. Yep. He has no further fights on any contracts going forward. Nope. Time um, to go in the Hall of Fame, Dan. And he stated that this very well... He didn't confirm it. He said it very well could be yep. his last fight. It needs to be. Um, and it was something that probably should have happened a few years ago anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few years. 
Ben Rothman, yeah, aside from the Hector Lombard, of course, the last few years have been pretty tough on the old man. Yeah, it's, but it's not been easy being. If a he can fan. go off on uh, into the sunset and retire and take that Hall of Fame that he deserves and go on and do something, start another chapter in his life, this would be the way to do it. Yeah. Going off on this win that nobody expected. I don't, oh, no. I don't remember what the. What the uh, over under was? I don't the, either, but it was not ass, in his favor. Not nowhere near uh, in Dan's favor. No. Good on him though for yeah. doing that. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it was a, it was a really good fight. This this fight really impressed me. I I've been a Dustin Poirier fan for a while. Anyway, I've liked Dustin for a long time. I like his, his attitude. I like his fight style. I think this move back to 55 has been the smartest thing oh, he yeah. could do. Absolutely. Because I, I honestly, he's a legitimate contender at 55. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I mean, he, what he did to Bobby Green? Holy shit. All right. We had one, another one of many that we said in the beginning. Uh, knockouts, and many in the first round. Yeah. And here was another example. And, and Dustin went in and absolutely dominated. And Bobby got his strikes in, don't get me wrong, but... Bobby looked terrible. He didn't... There was no starch behind him. No. That, you know, for lack of a better term. This was, was not the Bobby Green that we had been seeing at all. His, his precision looked fine. It's just he didn't look like... How do I explain this? He didn't look like the power met the precision. Right. Not enough to knock him out, you know. Yeah, he was he was throwing some what he could. Yeah, he, he maybe he looked a little sluggish. Maybe his cardio was awful bad. There was something off about some, him that night. But Poirier just looked incredible. And that may have to do with the fact that it wasn't so much that Bobby looked as bad as Poirier just looked good. Bobby didn't definitely look like himself. No, at no. all. But Dustin was definitely. Dustin came to fight that he night. He did. He always comes to fight. He is a gamer. He, he really is. I mean, he's a tough kid. He's a good striker. He's pretty good on the ground. Yeah, Connor lit him up, but he was on a pretty good tear when Ta- when Connor got a hold of him. And you know, forty five was just not a spot. He's no, he's a much better fit. Much at 55. better fit, fit at fifty five. He's more powerful. So the uh, weight cut probably took a lot out. Oh, of him. I'm sure because he's know. a pretty big guy. He's he's a, I, I believe he's a natural fifty five. Right? Yeah, I think it's you know? where he belongs. And, and going to forty five at the time was probably uh, uh, maybe had some more bigger money fights. Yeah, I think at 45 so. I think so. I think, I think what he, he was looking at. Yeah, you know, because Dustin Poirier isn't the guy that's going to get you know the four hundred thousand dollar fight contracts. No. But if he can fight against the four hundred thousand dollar contract guy, that's going to boost his pay from he keeps twenty five to fifty. Oh, easy, he got ten and ten. You know, this 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 look at fifty five. He looked healthy. His face was filled out. I mean, he yeah. His his body looked good for sure. Uh, and he put on a, a great performance in this first round knockout of Bobby Green. Got a lot that was a big win for him. A lot of power in his shots. Yeah, it was huge. It was a huge win. It's going to bolt him up into the rankings at fifty five for sure. There was some behind the scenes stuff. On this fight, I don't know if you heard about it. I just read about it today. I didn't. Brian Ortega and Clay Guida. Okay. So Ortega knocks him out in the third round. Yep. Uh, Guida 
was legit knocked out. When, when yeah, he, he tried to he tried to fight the ref. Yeah, he he didn't know what's going on. He first tried to take the ref's leg. Yeah, and, you know the ref kind of pulled it back. He's like, oh, I'm not supposed to fight you. And then, and then he, he tried to go after he tried Ortega. to go after Ortega again, right? So there was a, a podcast deal that I read today that when Ortega, uh, not Ortega, but Clay Guida and his brother Jay, yeah, they were walking back from that fight. Clay was. Loopy said he was not with it at all. Nate Diaz was coming out of the bathroom right as they were walking by. And Clay said to Nate something about, I'm going to kick your ass next. And Nate was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's going on? I did not hear about this. And then Jay didn't know that Clay said something and thought that, that Nate was just fucking with his brother. So Jay jumped in and they had to pull apart Nate and Jay Guido. Jesus. Alright. And Nate had no clue what the hell was even going on. Right. Clay started the whole thing just it's either screwing up the man, had no clue what he was doing because his right. belt was wrong. Jay was just trying to get in there and stop his brother from getting his ball wrong again. Yeah. Because you know, you come off a, a knockout against Ortega, the last thing you want to do is pick a fight with Nate fucking Diaz. Right. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stopped so, and slapped. So it was they had to pull apart back there and Nate just uh Walked back to his seat and sat back down, and the person he was sitting next to said, "Man, I almost beat Jay Guida's ass." And the guy said, "Honestly, man, it don't matter." And, and they blew it off, but it was just a, you know, a little behind the scenes thing. Weird. Yeah. No, I had not heard about yeah. that. I'll post the the uh, podcast I watched it on. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the guys that was that was in Clay's corner. Uh, okay, one of his one of his corner men. Who's he tra- Is he trained at ATT? I don't remember. It's it's in Florida. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I wasn't because I thought. No, it's in Florida. So yeah, it's yeah I think, I think it it's ATT. ATT. I think he is with ATT. So that was that was the deal with the okay. With the deal with uh, them, and I'll post the the podcast was done by the cat that was in Clay's corner. So will you bring up Brian Ortega's? Yeah. Record for me. I want to. I can't remember. I remember his last fight was a really impressive submission, but I can't remember what it was against. He said uh, Diego Brando. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, that round three submission. Brian Ortega is has been impressive to me. You know, his last three fights that I've watched him fight. Yeah. Um, and Tiago Tar- uh, uh, Tavares. Yeah. Uh, Diego Brando. And now Clay Guida, he's yeah, that, some quality guys. That fight, especially you know. against Brandau, because he was a huge underdog. Yeah. I didn't give him a prayer in it. I didn't either. And he looked really good in the fight itself. And that was earlier this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was 195. Yeah, Brandau was clapping him up. And Ortega took him down uh, a couple of times and then choked him out. But... I've been impressed with Brian Ortega. I thought he looked really good, really good against Clay. And this is Clay is your ultimate gatekeeper. Yeah, absolutely. You know he's he's the the measuring stick by which you can tell if the guy is going to go on to the next level of, of his career or he's going to flounder. Yep. and Stay back down. Yeah. If you can't get past Clay Guida, you ain't going to get into the upper echelon. That's for sure. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next with Brian Ortega. I enjoy watching him fight. I, I have a feeling that Brian's going to continue to be an underrated underdog 
no matter who he goes up against. I think so. Even though he's you know he's he's not lost in the UFC. No, you know he's got no contest, but he doesn't have a single loss. Right, three fight win streak. He's beaten great guys, but it just seems to me like he's underappreciated as as an all around fighter. He's I agree. got great ground game. Oh, his ground game is you know, sick. His jits is awesome. Absolutely incredible. Uh, again, I think underrated by so many people. It shouldn't be. Right. But I think it is. Um, I'm so, trying to remember. He pulled. I want to. I want to say that Diego Brandao's submission was something really crazy. Because I remember we talked about it yeah, on the show. Yeah. I just don't remember. Was it a Bob Blue choke? Well. Should have done my homework. No, that's I was right. too busy watching this fight over again. We had a couple weeks off. We lost some leeway. <laughs> I just watch, I mean I've watched this card twice now. It's yeah. just been it was such a fun card to watch. It was. Again, another great finish. You know, uh I mean from the start, because this was this was the main uh fight pass or not fight pass, but FS one prelim. Yeah. But even the, the Dariush fight was great. Right, exactly. That's the one that I want to talk about too was uh Benel Dariush who was coming who was coming Come off a loss. loss. You know, um Pretty. Not so long ago, and no. ended up knocking him out. Another first round knockout yep. of James Vick, who didn't look like he belonged no. in the UFC. Not at all. At all that night, he looked like he, he picked him out of a crowd. Darius just needed. He definitely needed this to get back on track because that the last loss he had was a big upset. So I picked Darius to win that. And who was that last? I don't remember who it was against, but I know that we both picked. Uh, Darius, Darius yeah. That uh, was against Michael Chiesa. Because yeah. that's another guy who we were talking about, Brian Ortega. That's another guy I sleep on a lot, is yeah. Michael Chiesa. Yeah. And I think he's going to get slept on against Tony. He will. And Tony cannot sleep on him. No, dude. He's going to go. No. Out. Chiesa's no joke, man. No, he's not. He is a dangerous, dangerous dude. But you know, so, is, so is Darius. Darius is too. That's why I thought he was going to destroy. Boy, Kiesa. And he did come in and destroy uh, James Vick today. Yeah. He needed this victory. Um, it was a good showing for the crowd. It was an exciting fight to watch him. You know, if you were a Vick fan, that right. night, you know, you were, ah, you know, you were cringing. I mean, he probably only has like his family. I would, uh, I would, yeah. Jessica Andraj looked good. Looks really good. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, her output was phenomenal. I she, mean, she put out 206 strikes in a two-round fight. 118. How many strikes, did we? 117 significant. She threw 60 some less strikes than Dominic Cruz did in a five-round fight, and yeah. she, they they only made it past barely past the halfway point of round two. Exactly. This girl this was exciting. Yeah, this girl is is a little cannon, man. She's a she's like a little tornado. I couldn't believe how it didn't slow her down with the output that she had. Yeah, maybe it was only half of the second, but you put that much output out, it didn't. She, she didn't gas. No, man. she would look like she could have probably she probably could have thrown close to four hundred strikes. She could have kept that pace if it would have went to the distance. And that's insane. Yeah. And, and I'm not, uh, you know, not because of her, her size or her weight or anything, because smaller guys do have more output. Right. So, you know, smaller weight. But divisions. still. But unbelievable. I mean, she's she's a pretty solid girl. Like, she is. She's big for, for her weight class. 
She's got she's big, broad-shouldered, big-armed girl. And, you know, that much muscle, usually they don't have a very good gas tank. No, no. And she she looked like she could have gone five rounds with that kind of athlete. Man. She's, yeah. she's, a solid, she's a tank of a woman. Yeah. And, and she beat the crap out of that Jessica was, That was exciting. I felt bad for Jessica <laughs> Pena in that fight. I really did. Yeah. Really, really did. I am looking forward to watching uh, Jessica fight more. And getting some, you know, some, some. Andrade, you moments. mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jessica versus Jessica. Andrade, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I knew which one you meant. I'm sure everybody else did. I just wanted to. I certainly hope so. It's been a long Nobody week. really wants to see Jessica Penny. One me. more? Sure, yeah. I definitely would like to talk about this fight because uh, Alex Casera stepping in uh, and okay, a little less. Okay, the original fight? Originally, well. Originally, it was supposed Dennis to be B.J. Penn and, and Dennis Seaver. Right. And then, and that was supposed to be on a different card. Yeah. Then Dennis Seaver gets popped. And they move, or no, Dennis Seaver got hurt. They move B.J. on to 199 to fight Cole. Well, and then B.J. got popped. got popped for the IV deal. Yep. So. So they get, on May 25th, I believe it was. Or 24, somewhere in there, and it was announced that uh, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, was going to step in and fight Cole Miller. So this this BJ Penn Dennis Sieber fight ended up being Bruce Cole Leroy against <laughs> Alex Caceres yeah. on a different card entirely. Yeah, and Caceres whooped his ass. Whooped his ass for wow. three for 15 solid minutes. Alex Caceres, and I mean Cole Miller is not anybody to play with. Absolutely not. On the feet, he's he's a very good counter striker. He's a great boxer, and you don't want anything to do with that dude on the ground no. because his limbs are just ridiculous. How long his arms and right. legs are? He's a yeah. he's a, a jujitsu, and he's a black belt in freaking jujitsu. Yeah, it, just not the guy you want to mess with. And he, Caceres made him look terrible. I know, that was bad. Made him look god-awful. I was really impressed with Bruce Leroy. I was too. And he's a kid I've known and followed for a while, thanks to that the old uh, tap-out show that, that they used to have on yeah. Versus Network back in the day, following the WEC. You know, him and Cowboy, there was a couple other guys that have ended up making it to the UFC, but he was a young-ass kid when the tap-out guys found him, because this was back in 2007 or 2008. Alex Caceres, you know, he's had a, he's, his gimmick stood out to me. Yeah, you know, a, a bit just because of the old school feel that. Oh it yeah, I love I love the Last Dragon. It's one of my favorite movies you know? of all time. So yeah, that that part, he was smart enough to do that enough to make me remember his name. Yeah, before he started winning fights, you know, now it's now he's he's actually starting to look good. Yeah, he's been impressive, and uh, he's still. In the infancy of his career, still. I mean, he was young. And, and he was. I don't even know if he was eighteen when they found him. Man, if he was, if he was eighteen during that tapout deal, that's uh, that's probably the limit. I mean, yeah. nineteen maybe. Yeah, and I mean, he was. He, then he was. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. Finally got that's where he got a shot into the UFC. Was through the Ultimate Fighter, one of the seasons I didn't watch. And he's twenty-seven now. Yeah, I mean, he's still a, a relatively young kid. But I mean, he came in. He came in on a little bit of a, a little bit of a snide. But dude, he lost three straight. But to guys like a freaking a favor, yeah. uh, Francisco Rivera. Not, 
not bad guys. I mean, favor tapped him out in the third, but he looked good going into that third round. Yeah, Masa, Masanori Kanihara. Yeah, Masa. I mean, Kanihara is not a bad. Fighter. He fought veterans as a young young kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's come. He's coming. You know, he's beaten Fulin. He's beaten Cole Miller now. I mean, he's still got some climbing to do. But the oh, kid, much. the kid's definitely got the got the talent. But he he continues to show improvement. Yeah. On every level. He's becoming a more evolved fighter. His striking was on point. And he's fighting guys of different styles, which is, you know, he's not just attacking and having success against a striker yeah. or just a wrestler or just a jiu-jitsu guy. He's, he's fighting guys of all different styles, and he's able to counteract them and shut them down and apply his will on them. Five for five on takedowns, too. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Against Cole Miller? Against Cole Miller. I would have never expected no, that. No, no. Not know, at all. Striking deal, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a striker. He's, he's fast. He's very good. He's in and out. He's got great foot movement and head movement. But um, to successfully take him down five times yeah. out of five you know, out of five attempts, yeah, wouldn't have guessed that at all. No. A great, great performance on Caceres' part. Definitely. Uh, there's one more fight I do want to touch on, and that was the opening fight. Uh, yeah, Reyes and... Just because, I mean, this one ended up winning fight of the night. And it was the first fight on the early prelims of Fight Pass. Uh, Maestro Don Young Kim and Marco Polo Reyes. It was just, it was an exciting, fun fight. Oh, man, yeah. It was a three-round, just slugfest. These guys... Yeah, we haven't seen Don Young Kim in a, in a while. In a little while. I don't know if you got hurt or not, but he just hasn't been booked for... No, I think his last fight was one of the Asia cards... Either South Korea or China, I believe. Yeah, he lost to Dominic Steele back yeah, in November, November of two thousand. Just, just last. So, yeah, yeah, so we haven't seen him since November since he lost to Dominic Steele. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a fun fight. I just wanted to talk about it real quick. I mean, it, the first fight of the night and it wins fight of the night honors. Right. So. It, it's, but it set the tone. Yeah, definitely set the, the tone for the card. You know, it, this is what the the rest of the card was going to be. Lots of lots of incredible, exciting striking. Um, lots of great, you know, takedown attempts and successful. Yep. Um, very high impact, fast pace. Uh, there pitches, weren't a, there weren't boring know. fights. There were not other than the, the Uriah and Dominic Cruz fight. I don't I don't which, really think I was which bored. Was, what it was. was, it was. Mean, yeah, it's a Dominic Cruz fight. You get what you you get what you expect. You know, I, and I, I think I, I messaged you this and I said, I said, brother, I have no problem giving this card you, an A. Yeah, you gave it a solid A, and I absolutely agree. I absolutely I had that agree. much enjoyment watching it. It was exciting. It was great to see some of these fighters uh, that were complete underdogs show up and show up with skill and heart and grit. Yeah, like like they, they were fighting for their last paycheck, you know, whatever it was. Uh, everybody left everything on the table that night. Absolutely, and I and I'm not even going to lie because this card going in definitely lost a lot of luster for me. Uh, losing the Weidman and Rockhold fight, right? I would have still had the same excitement for Rockhold, uh, Jacare. I, I will I will say that I definitely would have still had the same excitement, but but Rockhold Bisping just didn't, and I like Michael. I do too. But it just didn't, it, it wasn't like, I didn't feel terrible not watching the card because it's one of the yeah. first pay-per-views I haven't watched in 
I don't even know how long. Yeah, I but, knew uh, you were going on. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I went to go watch Aesop Rock, and that was a really enjoyable evening. So it's cool. I I, I got to watch it back thanks to you ho- hooking me up. So yeah. I knew um, you were gonna be on town. So I said, brother, I got you. Yep, and I, I knew what happened because my phone kept going off. Ah, I, was <laughs> I wasn't like, gonna spoil it for you. Well, I knew I, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to watch it Sunday because I had plans. So I was like, "There's no way I'm doing information lockdown for two days." No, you can't. And somebody a couple hours is okay. Yeah, but. a couple hours or even a day I can do until the next morning. But there was no way I was. I mean, as soon as I opened up my face, anything, I had a hundred million different updates from our good friend Ryan Dempsey. Yeah. Yeah. Our new friend Ryan. Our buddy Ryan. Yeah, I like Ryan. He's a good guy. Very smart. That guy is an MMA encyclopedia. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how he stored. I have. I feel like I have a lot of information stored in my head from the you know almost twenty years that I'm watching it. But that guy, he can pick out. The single strike from a single fight from a single stats. day, you know, just stats for days. It's a computer, and he checks you on it. <laughs> like that's how Ryan and I, like our, our conversation started, because we would just. I met him commenting through Way of the Warrior stuff. We would, he, I would always see his name come up in comments when I would go to comment on a, on a post from him. Okay, so we would start commenting back and forth, and he would check me on my stats always. <laughs> And finally, once he, he, he became a fan of the show, um, started listening to him, we, we've had a couple conversations via uh, Messenger and stuff, and he's like, hey man, you know, I hope you don't get upset, I just, I, I'm full of this knowledge and I have to put, I was like, nah man, check me, because I forget things, yeah. forget things all the time. He got me on one of them, I was off by like a week on something, sort of. And I posted something, and I put a reply to it. I said, said, this happened, this. And he goes, well, actually, it was here. Yeah, that's what it was, because he checked me on something I said on the show. Mm -hmm. One of the first episodes he had listened to, he was like, well, actually, it's this, this. (laughs) Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, buddy. (laughs) No, we appreciate you, I've since went on to be, you know, him and I are now friends. Yeah. We're friends on Facebook, and we talk um, comments here and there every day, you know, just kind of. BSing and, and getting to know him, and he's a great cat. He really is, and yeah. the dude knows his shit. I I love to have him call in sometimes. Yeah, I thought know. about that too. That would be cool. Yeah, we'll, just, uh, we'll hook something up from Canada. We can get and all get he has to, to the do, north. You know, all he has to do is just sit there, and as soon as we say something that's wrong, just check us. Pipe in, and that'll be your job, buddy. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, we had we had a great card, Ooh, but really good card, man. Since you know, oh man, my my shoulder blown out. You you having you, wicked sinus issues? We couldn't talk for a couple of weeks. <laughs> We've had a lot of huge things every time break over the course of this last two, and it's mostly over the course of the last week. week every time we take any yep. kind of time off and miss shows, it seems like everything just goes crazy. And now we're talking. Huge news. Let's get into it. For those of you that have been uh, sleeping under a rock for the last few days and uh, didn't know already, Brock Lesnar is back. Yes. I couldn't be more excited. No. Me either. I have been and always will be a Brock Lesnar fan. I I love what he's done for every sport that he's ever been into. He's he's elevated every sport that he's ever been in. Been fortunate enough. From the NCAA yes. to um, the UFC, the WWE, everywhere he's ever went, he's put asses in seats. He's put exciting 
shows on and he has done his job yeah. everywhere. Absolutely. You know, he's I, such a talent that the guy walked on just after out of the blue said, I'm going to try football. Yeah. Let's you know, go. He walked on the NFL team, the Minnesota Vikings. He was the last person cut on the last day. Yep. They just couldn't hold him on. And they said, they said, we'll keep you actually with us, but we need you to go over to Europe for a year and yep. polish yourself. And he said, eh, I don't want to do it. Nah. I don't feel like doing that. I'll go fighting. I, I just wanted to try this out, see if I could do it. Yeah, I think I'll go try fighting now. And he and he went to the top of his level on there. To this day, nobody sold a higher number of pay per views. McGregor and Diaz did one point five, but Brock has one point six. He is the last person to defend the title more than once. Wow, that's true. Nineteen champions. Oh, Kane. I mean, Kane oh, yeah, defended yeah, that's it. Right. Kane well, no, Kane, because Kane. Won it back. This is this is where Ryan checked me. I think last time we were having this debate. Didn't Kane? I think Kane lost Kane. it to JDS after he beat Brock, and then he won it back. Then he beat JDS again. Was it Fabricio the fight after that, or did he beat somebody else? I thought no. He had that Bigfoot fight, but he wasn't the champ for that one. And where he bloodied up Bigfoot yep. so bad, yep. that was in between them. The JDS losses. Yeah, okay. So, so, yes, I think Brock's the last guy to defend the belt twice in the heavyweight division. A guy that took that Cain Velasquez fight on about three weeks, not three weeks notice, but three weeks of being cleared by a doctor from his diverticulitis bout. He was in the woods hunting when he when Dana called him and said, can you do this? He said, yeah, what the hell, I'll fight him. Why not? You know, if the doctor will clear me, I'll do it. Yeah. And this was this was his second bout, which was even worse because the doctor said, "I have two choices here. I can save your career, or save I can your save life. your life. I'm going to choose to save your life first. And he did. And there was it was thought that Brock would never be able to physically compete in anything. Anything, again. you know. I mean, even exercise would have been right. something that would have been off the. There was a scale of pain and danger and. Uh, according to this diverticulitis deal that he had, he had 12 inches of his colon removed. Yep. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, it's like, a when huge deal. When you're trying deal. to consume proper nutrition, right. and you have to be put on this really strict diet, you can't get the, the protein that you need. Nope, because your body yeah. can't break it down. Exactly, so he had to go on a very kind of, you know, he's a big guy, he's a country boy. Yeah, you know, he, lives, guy, he you know, hunts his own food, he lives yeah. off meat, and probably, he's from North Dakota, Potatoes. He eats steak and drinks rye whiskey. Yep. What he said on his interview. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Some Coors Lights here and there. Yeah. So. Because Bud Light won't pay him anything. That was so fucking funny. That I was. Laugh. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. Uh, so Brock is is has come back on a one off deal. Now I have a lot of, of info on this that was shared by by both Brock and Paul Heyman and a few guys. Okay. So it was WrestleMania this year, which was in March, end of March, early April. Yep. Brock's number of his dates for the WWE were already up, and he was it was he wasn't signing a new contract, but he was kind of extending it so that he could have more dates and do SummerSlam and, and all kinds of stuff this year, right? Right. But he knew then at that point that he wanted to have one more fight in the UFC. Well, yeah, I mean, he almost resigned exact fifteen months ago. Fifteen months ago, right? But at and this point, went through a camp, if he, I remember right. He knew he wanted to do it, and he talked to Vince, and it was they did this, but it wasn't. They arm wrestled for it. Okay. 
So, Brock said, I'll tell you what. You arm wrestle me. If I win, I get the UFC fight. If I don't, I don't get it. And he beat Vince McMahon in arm wrestling. Okay. And Brock got this one deal. He, he doesn't want to return full time. Right. You know, he wants to stay doing what he's doing in WWE because, let's face it, at 37 years old, fake fighting for $10 million a year is a pretty good game. And only having to show up five or six times yeah. a year to work. Yeah, he got, he's got... Extremely limited dates. He doesn't have to travel. And he makes more money than everyone but John Cena and I think Randy Orton make more money than him. Wow. And they work 250 plus dates a year. Exactly. He works eight. Right. So, he's got a great gig going on. He wanted to do this because he wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And he signed on to fight who they picked. He didn't handpick a guy that he wanted to go in there and fight right. to try to look good. He left it up to them and said, give me whoever you want. And they give him Mark Hunt. Hunt's the biggest guy in, I mean, size-wise. I mean, Brock's going to have, I mean, he's got to cut. He's going to have to cut to make 265, always has. Yeah, he, he naturally walks around around 290. But everybody else in the heavyweight division is pretty small. There's not a lot, there's, there's not big guys. No. You put anybody else in there but Mark Hunt, I mean, big country Nelson, but he's already signed on to fight against Alvarez that, or not Alvarez, but uh Derek Lewis that week on the Alvarez RDA card. So he's already gone. Um, You don't have a lot of big guys. Kane's still sitting on the shelf with an injury. Yeah, you'd have to go like lower down like Travis Brown area. And Brown's already, Brown's on, Brown's fighting Kane. Yeah, Brown. He's fighting Kane on the 200 card. So those two guys are already signed up. Only guy you had open was Mark Hunt. Do I like it? No. I do not want to see if if Mark hits him, Brock goes down. It's murder. He's gonna murder him. But if he can, if Brock can take him off his feet, Mark will be like a fish out of water. He'll be like a turtle on its back. That's this is his hope. This is this is Brock's hope to win this fight is to immediately get in there, avoid the punch, take his legs out, and grind him. That's always. This is the only way Brock can win. Good luck. And, and this is not me saying Brock is going to win. No, I know it's not. Uh, I know it's not. I have a hard time believing that that Brock can come back in after all this time that he's been off and just jump in there and, and beat the heaviest hitter in the game. Especially right now. the tear that Mark Hunt's been on lately. So, I, all, all I can say is, I am a Brock fan. I'll be a Brock fan. I am too. And I'm extremely excited to see this little cross-promotion deal of him doing this. Because this isn't unheard of. King Mo, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. You know, these guys do it with TNA and Bellator all the time. Right. You right. know, but now we're talking about the two biggest companies. Oh, we're talking about two independently owned companies. Yes. Where the, the, the cachet with that is is that one company flag. owns both of those mm-hmm. organizations. Uh, I mean, the fact that Vince is letting it happen is pretty awesome. You know he's getting some kind of backdoor cut. Definitely. But there was also the part of the trade was is that Paige is going to do SummerSlam. Now. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's which is going to be cool, and I hope this deal works out, and they can continue to do stuff like this, right? Back and forth with each other, because a lot of the wrestling guys are huge UFC. Fans. Oh yeah, and vice versa. You know, especially the legends like you see Rock, you see Austin, you see Undertaker, yeah, Jim Ross, Goldberg. You see a lot of these. Um, more retired and older school wrestlers always at the UFC. Oh, shows, absolutely. You know? uh, Dana gets them tickets all the time just to come in yeah. and watch. Uh, they're they're very, very, very 
big fans of the UFC. And there's the newer crew in the UFC, some of the younger fighters and a lot of the women, they're huge wrestling fans. Well, yeah. Here's the the only thing that gets me. I mean, you got a guy, you, get, you know Ronda, obviously. We just talked about Paige. But the, the kicker that always kind of bothers me is, is Tom Lawler. Because the UFC wouldn't let Tom Lawler go be a part of some things with, I can't remember what promotion it was. It was an independent. Was it an independent? I think it was. I think it, it was either an independent. No, it was Ring of Honor. They're they're mostly they're, right, but they're they're one of the bigger name mm-hmm. known independents in the. In they're like they're like one of the independents that actually has a television deal I mean, with Sinclair. They're, they're doing better off than TNA yeah. at this point. That's not that's not really hard to do, but no. Ring of Honor, while technically yes, is is the probably right. the biggest of the independents. Right, and they're they are big, but they are still an independent, right? And it, it wasn't going to be a Tom Lawler that got this deal to work. It was going to be a no, Mark Lesnar or Paige Van Zandt. I still think know? it's kind of fucked up to just not even let them. He wasn't even trying to do anything. He just wanted to walk to the ring with a guy. And they were like, no. Speaking and, of. And then a month later they tell Rondo, oh, you can go do WrestleMania and get in the, K- or in the ring. And Just before that, uh, when CM Punk was still in WWE, he wanted to walk right. Chael Sonnen to the ring. Yep. And Vince in Chicago, you know. His, you know, Vince's champion, who's from Chicago, is going to walk Chael to the ring in Chicago. Right. The, it was like the night before Royal Rumble. So the only good thing, the only thing that would happen was people would have seen Punk, you know, on yeah. free, free on the pay-per-view right. the night before they have a pay-per-view. Exactly. And this was, you know, this was before the network was in. They were still on pay-per-view. Right. And Vince said no. Vince... He went on the Cole Cabana podcast and said Vince that. told him, he said, you, that's real fighting. People are going to die. going to die in your ring. You know they're going to let women They're going to let that. women fight. He said, you let women wrestle and you've had people die in your ring. Several. So, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And bringing Brock in is going to make this... This pay per view sell half. Oh, it's copies. so it's solidified. This you know. is going to be huge. It's it's going to probably break the record for most pay per views. I mean, you got three title fights, and they're putting Brock and Mark. I think is a co headliner. Unbelievable. Over two title fights. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. You do have to. You know. It's just kind of dicked up. Yeah, I get it. You can't put them as an opening fight. You definitely couldn't put it, but you could put it. You could put it in the slot where Brown and and Kane are right and under the right, title. Title, right title. Because I think they're doing. I think they're doing Misha and what's her face, and then Joe. Oh yeah, because it'll be weight class, so it'd be Misha. It'd be the women's bantamweight, then Eldo and and Frankie. But now it's Eldo and Frankie, and then Mark yeah. and Brock, and then the two hundred five. So let's let's extend this just a little bit with Mark. Yeah. Mark went public and said he thinks it's total BS that Brock is getting this exemption. I was going to say, yeah, we should talk about you know Brock's getting the he's getting exempt from having to submit for four months of testing prior to fighting. And it's not. It, it, it's Mark's not, making it out that Brock's getting special treatment. Everybody tries to make it out that this thing would they 
when they got announced, people went ape shit and just started sharing the story. Brock's getting exempt from testing. He's not no. getting exempt from testing. I had to have this conversation with Rich. Yeah. He's not getting exempt from testing. He's just exempt from USADA's policy of having to have four months of prior testing right. before you're allowed to be considered a competitor. You know when he tested? Yesterday. Today, or or yesterday. Yeah, it was just last night. Yep, they came knocking on his door. They're going to keep doing that for the next month yeah. leading up to the fight. They're going to pre- and post-fight test him. He will be tested. He is just exempt from their four-month policy. He wasn't signed to the con- he wasn't signed to the company when the policy took place. See, people have to read further into. But it's all about headlines, man. I know. It's I, all I, about I, headlines. People don't read shit. They just see a headline and go share. Oh my God, he's not going to get drug tested. Are you kidding me? Did you read the article? And Mark said he he's a juiced up monster. He's using roids. He flat out said that. Yeah, he said that today. That that. Brock is a juiced up. Brock is a juiced up monster, on all the professional level sports that he's ever been on. The man would have been popped at least once. NCAA, NFL, you name it. Never. Nope. It's never even been hinted towards him ever taking no. anything like that. You know. You know what? He, he's he's a country boy that grew up eating cows and, and training by carrying logs up the side of the road. Yeah. He's just a big guy. Go go back and watch that NCAA championship match and look at how much of a monster yeah. a 21 and 22-year-old 20, Brock Lesnar was. Yeah. It's whatever. If, he, if he's on something, we'll find out we'll real find soon. Out. Absolutely. Yeah. A month until the fights, and he's already been tested once. One of those samples of he's... He's juicy. He's coming back positive. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He's a, just a natural freak, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of guy, and he has gifts that were given to him by evolution that is just friggin' awesome. Yep. And he doesn't he doesn't need that kind of stuff to... No. He doesn't need the Vitor way. No. So, I'm excited for this. Absolutely excited for this. I'm not going into it saying, Brock's gonna win. No! Uh, I texted you when the story broke at 10.30 on Monday morning and they announced that Mark Hunt was his opponent and I just texted you. I was like, I don't like this fight for Brock. <laughs> you didn't know and you were like, who's he got? And I was like, Hunt? Well, ah, fuck. Exactly. It's not the dude I want Brock to come back against. I kind of wish they would have been able to get Shea Carwin out of retirement <laughs> or something. I don't want to watch Brock get, get smashed again, man. I just don't. But at the same time, the dude has the biggest fists in fight history. Yeah. And he, I mean, Hunt doesn't exactly have a chin made of granite. No. He's been knocked out yes, before. absolutely. You know, and you know, Brock's gloves, you know, size yeah. of head order. Yeah, they 5X. 5X. Bigger than his <laughs> hands the size of lunch boxes. The, the, the only thing that just gets me, and it's like you said earlier, Brock doesn't like to get hit in the face, so you're going to give him the guy that hits harder than almost anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there is anyone in the UFC that hits harder than Mark Hunt. I mean, he's, a, the only, he's the only guy to, to put Big Country to sleep. Big Country's been in there against a lot of tough, oh, tough yeah. boxers. And it's all he does is stand and trade. The guy's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu that he doesn't use. It's too much work. It's way too much work to run the crowd. <laughs> I can end every fight quickly, but yeah. I'd rather just stand up and look fat and tired. He's not the smartest. No, guy he's a freaking idiot, dude. Because he's <laughs> so they they say he is every bit as good on the ground as a Frank Mir. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or a Nogueira. Absolutely. And he just doesn't use it. I don't know why. 
he just one day he decided he figured out he could punch someone really hard. Too tough, I guess. And he said, "I'm gonna keep trying this." Yeah, too tough. Too I don't. Uh, yeah, nobody on the average Joe's MMA show is saying that Brock Lesnar is going to walk out there and destroy Mark Hunt. No, no, it's not. What I am saying is, I'm gonna watch that and say, "Come on, Brock." Yeah. Just, Pull up the upset for me. You know, let, let me have this one. I will go ape shit. I'll be running up and down my neighborhood street if he wins that fight. I, I'm not expecting it. If but I'm I had, not either. If I was a gambler and I was in Vegas, my grand would be down on Mark Hunt. My grand would be on John Bones Jones. I'm talking about this fight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just talking about easy the easy money. win. Easy money always <laughs> says Jones. Always. I don't care who he, he could be in the, with a heavyweight. I'd uh, probably it's still gonna happen eventually. Jones, you know. It's not gonna be far off, especially if this new weight cutting policy takes place. Excited for Brock. Very much. I'm just excited that he's back for sure. Uh, the other big news we got out of 199 that wasn't um, 199 related was that Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor are officially set for a rematch for UFC 202. Now they haven't announced if it's gonna be at 70 or 55. No, right? they haven't. Make it at 55. I hope they do 55 this time. Please. You know, Connor doesn't... He's, he's not a 70. Sean Shelby, anybody in the UFC that may listen to this lonely podcast, 155. Do the right thing. I don't, the smart I don't care if they fought at 170, make the fight at 155. Yeah, definitely. Connor has no business being at 170. He'd have to be walking around at 210. It's just stupid. And his walk-around weight is 169. Right. That doesn't right. make any None. sense. No, you know, make the fight at 155. This is still a fight that's going to be huge. It's going to sell a ton of paper. Oh, absolutely. People are going to want to watch it. And if Connor gets beat again, his mystique just continues to drop. It's time to stop this nonsense. Take your belt that you got. Start defending it. Stay in your weight classes that you're supposed to be in. Well, him fighting at 202 blah, 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 opens him up know. to be able to fight at 205. Which is where my money's at. You gotta have him at Madison Square Garden. I believe you really do. Yeah, that's not. I mean, it's not a very far hike from Boston, which is the biggest conglomerate of Irish, Irish people absolutely in this country. You know, they could they could make it up to New York. And, no. you know. I mean, the Irish the Irish fans themselves fly all the way to Vegas. It's a much shorter flight from New <laughs> to New York. Absolutely. Uh, but the thing that ties this two, yep. these two together here, man, that we that uh, we found out that Ariel Hawani, at the time, got a lifetime ban. Got banned. Well, not only just Ariel Hawani, but MMA fighting. Yeah. Okay. They they right. removed they removed his videographer and his fiance, who also is a writer for MMA fighting. All three were kicked out of UFC 199, escorted out. During while it was during the fight, out. yeah, they got pulled out during the Faber and Cruz fight, and Ariel said he could hear as he was getting walked out of the arena, he could hear Michael Bisbing's music start. Yeah, they pulled their credentials and removed them from the building. Yep, and and then banned them. Said that they'll never have their media credentials ever again. All because Ariel broke two news stories, which was the first was the Nate and Connor rematch. Yep. And then the other was Brock coming back. And so the the UFC says that they had specifically told Ariel not to break the Brock story. The dude's doing his job. 
And I'm not an Ariel. And I already I told you this on the beginning of the show. I like Ariel Hawani sometimes. But a lot of times he annoys me. I think he's kind of a smug asshole, but but he's a good reporter. He just he's great at his job. He bats a thousand. The dude doesn't put out bullshit. No, he's he's a great he's great for legit news and avoiding the this this dirt sheet rumor. Crap. Yeah, he's he been in this. Dirt sheet. No, he's been in this game for a long time, and you know he said he's like, well, my sort my two I got two confirmations from two sources I rely on. That's all I need. According to what I've been taught as a journalist, you get two confirmed sources, run it. Yeah. Don't, because if you wait around for approval on stuff, he's talked, he's talked about past instances where he's been a team player and not broke stories. And he had information, went to the UFC for approval, and they denied it and lied to him, and then somebody else broke the story. And they get all the credit for it. And they get all the credit for it. And they get all the press. Exactly. You know, and that's a... at the end of the day, had the UFC not made a big deal about it, who would have really remembered that he's the one that broke? Seven people that seen it from him exactly. 15 minutes before they seen it on the pay-per-view. It's, it was stupid. It was stupid of them to, to create a, such a stink about it. It was a childish overreaction Completely. To, to something that was, I believe, and I think you do too, Focused on Ariel as the person, not necessarily the content. Because if this was ESPN that released that content first, you think that'd have been pulling ESPNs? No, because that was you the thing. Is he straight up? Bre- he Ariel. When I watched, if you haven't watched uh, the MMA Hour from Monday, it's uh, only an hour and fifty-five minutes compared to four hours like it usually is, and it's all Ariel talking about all of this. All of his past things, because I mean, he's, him and Dana have had a tumultuous relationship. He's been banned from different things several times. Yeah, but he goes through and talks about all these different instances of things. Very, it was very emotional deal. It was. It was very opening. It was. It opened my eyes to a lot of things. I, I earned some more respect for Ariel as a journalist. Yeah, I'd say watching that that podcast really, um, really, it gave me more respect for Ariel because. I'm like you. I wasn't necessarily. I didn't. I don't hate Ariel Hawani. No. And I didn't love Ariel Hawani. I just kind of thought, you know, he was good for the sport yep. because he did a good job at what he did. But when I watched that MMA hour, like you said, it really it was like, wow, man, you know, you really got dicked yeah, over. He did. You know, despite my feelings on the man, on what he does and how or whatever, he got dicked over bad. And not just this time. You know, he's been dicked over a lot and he keeps coming back because he loves what he does. And if you got passion. And you got love for the game and the people in it, uh, as much as Ariel does. You should you should really try to work with him instead of against yeah. him. I mean, he's the best. He's been he's one of the best MMA journalists out there. The dude's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it before other people were even willing to give the sport credit. So I'm glad that they. I, th- I think Zufa backtracked a lot because of how big they. Did. I don't think they thought that the backlash on this was going to be what it was. Yeah, it was pretty and there big. Was a huge backlash. It, huge. A backlash. lot of fans were very vocal and, and jumping to his side, and I think I, I believe that. Uh, and I read a lot of this too that a lot of the fans were kind of where we are. They're saying, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't like Ariel. Maybe I'm not the big Ariel fan. But dude, that was BS. Well, somebody was. I can't remember who it was I, I'd heard quoted this stat. And it was like, there were 
293 stories out there about what happened to Ariel Wani. Yeah. Like, less than 100 stories about Brock Lesnar's return. Wow. Shot yourself in the foot on that one, UFC. Well done, guys. But they did backtrack. They've since lifted that lifelong ban. They Um, they would have been stupid not to. Yeah, absolutely. It was not a smart move. It was a knee-jerk reaction to uh, a childish response. and They should have been better than that. Renzo Fertitta doesn't like him. That's the bottom line of it. He had him pulled off of FS1. I mean, there's all things you can learn about watching that MMA hour. I definitely suggest it. Ariel opened up a lot. I mean, he still kept things. Like, there was a couple instances he was telling stories. He's like, yeah, I can't really talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to go into that. But he opened up about a lot of stuff that had just been, he'd been he'd kept inside for a long time. Yeah. And good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I definitely, it's a recommend if you haven't. Um, actually, after the, as soon as we get done. I will have had it posted to the uh, page. Excellent. So we have some some other. Yeah, this just broke yesterday. Uh, some news of Anthony Pettis has decided to make the move down to 145, so he can get beat up by his little brother. <laughs> now that so foray at 55 is over. Oh God. Yeah. There's no nothing for you at 55 anymore, man. You're you're done for. You're not beating the guys that you need to beat in order to try to climb the ladder and get your title back. Those days are over. Right. Um, 45, and it wasn't. He wasn't going to go to 70. No. You know, the, the, Hell he's, no. He's not going to do 70. He would have gotten creamed. destroyed. So uh, you know he's not going to fight Robbie. Yeah, come on, give me a break. Robbie would rip his head Rory off. Rory would smack him around. Is that I mean, 45? Wonder Boy? 45 is the only, the only option for him because if, if he's th- three in a row at 55, um, and the guys that he lost to are are the, the quality of fighters that you're going to have to defend against if you're a champion. And if you can't beat them you know, in a three-round, you're not going to take them in a five. Right. So... He's going to try 45, which is where Sergio is, and I don't think we'll ever see brother and brother, but you can, you know, never say never. I mean, if Sergio keeps up what he's doing, I mean, they're going to they're gonna drop Anthony in there somewhere in the top 10 or 15. Uh, so. I'm interested to see who he gets. Yeah. Um, well, definitely. And, and how he looks at 45. Absolutely. And, you know, if it affects any of his, his speed or his unorthodox style. Um, if he tries to improve on his wrestling game, which he really needs bad, uh, take down defense, if nothing else. How do you suck that bad as a wrestler when your wrestling coach is Ben Askren? I don't get it. You can't be at Duke Rufus and not have wrestling, at least takedown right. defense. Somewhere. Yeah. you got to have some sort of skills. Um, but We'll definitely, yeah, it's something we're going to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, you know, as soon as they get a fight announcement, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely break it. Uh, I'm gonna kind of end this uh, end this podcast on a little bit of a somber note. Um, was many. I mean, if you guys don't know, again, where have you been hiding under a rock? But uh, Saturday night, Muhammad Ali passed away at the age of 74. Uh, complications for Parkinson's. Yeah, he's been battling Parkinson's for decades now. Uh, I mean, he's the goat. He said he was the greatest, and he went out and proved it. 
Um, retired from boxing, 56 and 5. Defeated the who's who in the golden era. Yeah. Um, had had the some of the biggest and most watched boxing of the the Rumble in the Jungle and the yeah. Thrill in Manila. You know, uh, everybody knows Muhammad Ali. You know, there's certain names in this world that everybody knows who they are. You know, everyone knows Gandhi. Everybody knows Hulk Hogan. Yep. And everybody knows Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You know. Said it perfectly, brother. I, I thought the UFC's tribute that they did for him Saturday night was amazing. Outstanding. It was they, very well done. They did an awesome job with that tribute, and I, I tip my hat to them. You know, Dana, you did a great job. Uh, but it's sad, man. It's sad that that we lost the we lost the goat, man. There'd never be another no. remotely close to how he did it, and he was so far ahead of his time. And he did so many great things in the ring, and for the sport itself. And he made a lot of people a lot of money, Absolutely. bringing along with him. And he did so many charitable things with it afterwards, the Muhammad Ali Foundation. and um, He was just an outstanding, he was a one-of-a-kind person, yep. a one-of-a-kind personality. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say this wrong, but I'm glad he's not suffering from his disease anymore. I, I, yeah, because he that, has been. The last few years have been really rough on the man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, he uh, had a lot of complications for a while. It's, like you said, yeah, it, you don't ever want to see somebody like go, but Muhammad at least Ali he's not not being able voice, to. Right. You know, uh, his poor. I felt bad for his poor son-in-law. They had to go on and, and fight. Yeah, I guess if Muhammad Ali died Friday night, the fifth, I believe it third, was Friday, something like that. Oh um, yeah, it was Friday night. So, but yeah, his son-in-law fought on the UFC 199 card, and you know to carry that around. And, yeah. It's sad to see him go. Yeah. He's touched so many lives. And like I said, there's very few people. Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali. Hulk Hogan. You know. You just know those names. Yep. And everybody does. Thanks for everything you did, champ. You're the man. R.I.P. And. A little closer to the MMA world. uh, Another fighter. Not legend, I guess. But uh, Kimbo Slice passed away uh, due to heart failure. Something that was, you know, Muhammad Ali was 74 with Parkinson's disease. We right. knew it was any time now that... Kimbo was 42. He was 40, 42 years old? Yeah. Yeah. So 42 years old. Um, went into the hospital June 3rd, complaining of nausea, shortness of breath, abdominal pain. Uh, they found a liver mass and found that he was uh, in congestive heart failure. Yep. And he was set to be transferred to Ohio to get on a transplant list immediately. Right. And just didn't make it through the night. No. Didn't make it through the night. And uh, um, no foul play, no illegal drugs in his system. It was just... No. And he was actually getting ready. He was supposed to be fighting this month against James Thompson. Yeah. yeah. So he'd been training, been in a training camp, all of this. And all of a sudden just... Dies. His, his body, his, his heart gave out. That was it. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a sad thing. I mean, Kimbo. He was what he was. He was what he was, yeah. You he know. was what he was. I had a lot of respect for Kimbo 
um, as a fighter when he came in and, and went through the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, absolutely. I, gained, I was excited to see that one. I gained a lot of respect for him as a fighter. And, and the aforementioned Roy Nelson. Didn't really do much to beat the dude. You know, it wasn't like he did a lot of damage to beat Kimbo in that yeah. fight. So, he's had his ups and downs as a fighter. It's, you know, some big wins, some losses he shouldn't have had. You know, stuff happens. I, I just like probably 90% of the Kimbo people that knew Kimbo is, I started watching his underground. Yeah, so I did too. That's where I learned about who he was. And the first time I seen that man in, an, in one of those underground backyard fights, like, this is the scariest dude yeah. in the fucking world. The first fight I ever Holy saw of shit. him, he hit a guy in an eye, in his eye, and his eye exploded. Yeah, that was disgusting. The guy later lost the eye. Yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, lucky he didn't lose the rest of his face. That was so bad. And he continued on these... Crazy backyard brawls, knocking people out left right. and right. I mean, vicious. I mean, this. I was like, this guy. You know, he's. He, if you put, a, I thought, you know, maybe if you put on gloves or something, he's not going to be such a badass. You know, bare knuckle guy. Yeah. But he did do good in boxing. Yep. You know, he went like seven and zero in, in the boxing yeah. ring. Yeah, he was. He did okay as a you boxer. Know, he was. It, it was. He got into it later in life, but he wasn't. He didn't right. come into combat sports. Well, he came in, you know. Coker found, you know, was like, I can cash in on this guy's exactly. popularity, and brought him in as a freak. He did what he did and strike force and stuff. But I, I definitely respected him as a legitimate fighter, going through the process in the house. Yeah, and you know, coming back to Bellator it, about that at that point, it was just about the money. Good for him. Get yeah, your money, man. In You're in his forties. You got a family to take care of. Get paid. Yeah. And he did, and he brought in huge ratings for them. Yeah. You know, he, he holds the ratings record. I mean, that, that fight with Dada it was what it was, but it was a ratings bonanza Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. It was a horrible, god-awful fight where, <laughs> I mean, Dada died right. and was brought back to life, and Kimball looked god-awful yeah. health-wise. Well, then we find out. Yeah, let's let's go into this. I mean, this I, I am not... Stating that these two things that Kimbo Slice dying and this story we're about to talk about, excuse me, are related to one another. But uh, there had there was a report that came out in the, one of the weeks that we were off about a former Bellator employer, a former fighter actually, who became a Bellator employee, that they allowed for, forged and falsified fighter medical reports. Yeah, from an unlicensed physician, I yep. believe it was. Uh, they talk about the... Uh, one particular one was um, for Ryan Martinez, who uh, later went and died, I believe, uh, in Arizona. Uh, there were some other ones, some Bellator 131s, but they've been falsified from doctors who weren't licensed physicians in the in the state or weren't licensed to practice, and just they were clearing guys that weren't going through the proper right. channels to be cleared. Exactly. So now, if you look at, I mean. The Dada 5000 fight, the dude had renal failure, severe dehydration, cardiac arrest, all things that would have shown up on a medical. Yeah, uh, and, and you know if I, I believe if and they may have it, it was clear, but if if you would have done an EKG on Kimbo prior to it, I believe an EKG is part of uh, yeah, I, think, I believe so deal. too. Um, the echocardiogram would have would have caught an irregularity. Yeah, if this guy's if this guy's only a few yeah. weeks out from fighting, 
a stethoscope to the heart can catch a murmur. Right. You know, you can you can detect the you can get high red blood cell in, in the blood test if you're doing maybe you know maybe they're pushing these guys through just to get them on the card without going through. Well, this is what this person's saying anyway. Is they're they're not doing. Well, we already know they're willing to send a guy who got popped in Texas for steroids to Europe to fight. Clearly, they don't care about the exactly. Rules. It's just about the money. So. Like I said, we are not at all trying to say that one. No. But it's just kind of fishy. It just sucks that those two things kind of happened at the same time. Exactly. Because now, you know, and if it did happen, I hope they're caught for it. If it didn't happen, I hope they're cleared for it. Exactly. I don't want the truth to come out either way. But if if you're not going to be willing to take care of your fighters 100% legit, right. you have no business being in a contact sport or any other kind of sport. Yeah. Period. Yep. Especially a, a combat sport. Uh, this is not a team game. This is one on one. The only person out there is you. Yep. So you've got to take care of yourself first and foremost. You have to be in top physical condition. If you've got heart disease and if you've got you know renal issues, if you've got that stuff, you can't go out there and take a beating. No. You know you have to. You know, life first, career second. Absolutely, you have to protect these fighters. Yeah. One hundred and ten percent. Like they're your always. own children. You really have to. You have to coddle them like that because you can't send. You're gonna have guys dying in your damn ring because of it. Yep. And you can't. Maybe they're not connected. Maybe they no. are. No. Stuff will come out eventually. Oh yeah, and if they are, this I hope the Ferguson family gets a bat check. I hope they get the damn company. Yeah. Yeah. Some in the milk ain't clean on that. So sorry to see Kimbo go. Absolutely, it was very unexpected when I woke up and read that news. Yep. Yeah, I caught I it. I did not expect to see it that at all. I was awake when the news broke that night. And it was yeah, it was definitely sad. Sad. I I respected Kimbo as a fighter. I liked Kimbo as a person. See, just reading interviews, watching things, talk, listening to the man talk. Yeah. I mean, he was a, a monster in the ring, but he was a real soft-spoken, Absolutely. nice, gentle polite, giant. gentle giant. Exactly. And I, I like that about the guy. A lot of people, you know, people have talked about meeting him, how nice and friendly he is. So it, it's sad to see something like that. And he's, you know, he's still a young guy. I mean, 42, that's only a decade older than I am. It's four years older than me. It's some scary shit. I know. That's some scary shit. So, yeah, that's we're going to wrap it up on a somber note. RIP to the greatest of all time. Yes. And RIP to... And it must be somber. You know, we'll celebrate their lives because yeah. they, they, in one way or another, they both touched our lives and the lives of so many sports figures that we continue to enjoy watching today. Absolutely. They're larger-than-life people who may not have known us personally, but we knew everything about them. And, right. Um, you know... I thank them for being who they were and doing what they did. Yeah, thank you for, for us. your contributions to uh, it. It was always always about the fans, and we're fans. Yep. So. Great. Great way to say it, brother. Couldn't have said it any better myself. So, on that note, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, any final thoughts before we go, Dave? You know what? Um, we had a couple weeks off, and we had some, some mishaps, but I can't tell you how much I missed this. That's yeah, same. You know, um, coming back in and just catching our stride again. Uh, I, I had such a great time doing this tonight. I mean, I, I missed it so much. And, 
You know, we're going to continue to have days off here. Like, yeah, I mean, we're, know, we're humans. It's going to happen. I break bones. You have this is shows. A, you know, I, we have got, I've got uh, jobs, lives. I mean, this is yeah. we do this as a hobby. It's fun. It's just something we both enjoy doing. So. I look forward to it. And I had such a great time coming back to Japan. Absolutely. It I feels hope good. you guys enjoyed it. And thank you very much. Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for us this week on the Average Joe's MMA Show. As always, make sure you go give the Facebook page a like. Join in in some debates. Talk with talk with Ryan. He seems to be about the only one lately that's <laughs> doing any conversation. Well, Paul, Paul likes to comment here and there, but join in the conversations with Ryan. He's a fun guy to talk to. Don't get mad at him when he checks your facts. Cause no, because he's right. That's because he's right. He's a freaking <laughs> MMA encyclopedia. Uh, for David Van Boglen, I'm Jeff Shanahan, and we will check you guys next week.